On this edition of the Desiree News Ute Insiders podcast, we look back at Utah's 41-10 win over UCLA, look ahead to this weekend's big matchup in Tempe between the Utes and Arizona State. We're joined by Stevenson Sylvester, joins us as a guest picker and is in our Utah by Five segment. This and more on the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast. This is Mike Runge, and you are listening to the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast with Dirk Facer, Amy Donaldson, Mike Sorensen, and Trent Wood. Go Utes! All right, welcome to another edition of the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast. I'm Dirk Facer, joined in studio by Amy Donaldson and Trent Wood today. Just a reminder. Go, go. <laughs> just a reminder, we are sponsored by the Salt Lake Stallions. Professional football coming to Rice Stadium February 23rd is their inaugural opener. For season tickets, which are as low as $75, call 1-833-AAF-2019 or go to saltlakestallions.com. Guys, before we get started, let's get something out of the way. Today is Halloween. It is indeed. It is. And Amy is dressed like a burglar today. That's right. But she's giving away her uh, her stolen goods to people for yeah. free. I got, yeah. a, I got a money bag with my costume. And my dog is Wonder Woman, so I had to be her it's a good the, combination. The criminal that she pursued. So, Well, Amy, what is the candy of choice being given out at the house tonight? Um, well, since we ate all the Twix bars and most of the Snickers, it's mostly Milky Ways and Three Musketeers. Those poor children. <laughs> No. Chad, I'm not supposed to call you a millennial anymore, but i got to ask you, what time are you going out and hitting the doors tonight? Um, no time at all, because I have to work. But Oh, that's a bummer. I know, it's okay. Uh, we'll have to talk to Ken about that. i got to ask a big question, though, the most important thing. We call it Kent Papa Smurf on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> would you guys agree with me that bottle caps is the best candy ever invented? I would not agree with you. Nobody that. would agree with you, Dirk. Yeah. Hello, they're hello. They're not even made up of food substances. Let me just, for the listeners out All there. All your favorite cola flavors. Dirk eats sodas. things that are not actually made of food. They're like they're from By the dollar products. Usually from the dollar store. Bottle yeah. caps? You guys don't like bottle caps. No. 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 He eats that wax candy that has liquid in it. Who doesn't? Does he eat the old candies where you can eat the wrappers? I remember those. I actually took a test a few years ago, and I can identify any candy bar by its profile. So you cut it in half, and they want to know if you can identify the candy. I got 100% on the test. The only person I know who got 100%. Who took this test? I will not eat the waxy stuff. That's like candy. Bottle caps is not waxy. It's a classy, chalky-flavored candy. It's it's like like Tom's. It's like your Exactly. Yeah, no. Only better. What's your favorite candy, Trent? Uh, probably Reese's. Really? Oh, so boring. I know. Yeah. It's like ninety nine percent. I know. Everyone just says that. They probably don't even eat Reese's. Peanut butter's great. Okay. Someday I would like to tour the bottle camp. Big cherry mountain for me. <laughs> See where they're made. <laughs> You know what I like to do? I like to get the, I get the tubes. We've got to get on to football here in a minute, guys. But just a minute. I like to buy Dirk the tubes. I, games. I separate them out by colors color. and put them in their own baggie. The yeah. orange ones, the grape ones, the color ones. Are you afraid the flavors are going to bleed into the other ones? I just don't like to mix. Okay. And the orange ones, I understand, have vitamin C in them. That's what I was told. He does this with the mixed vegetables that the U serves at the football games, too. He takes the peas vegetables. out, the carrots out. <laughs> well, speaking of good things, the Utes looked awful good against UCLA on Friday. Amy, what impressed you most? I mean, obviously, for the second game in a row, they kind of overcame a sluggish start and then just one going away. Well, I think the most impressive thing is that they just they maintained 
their, you know, what they've been building, right? So they, like you say, if something's not working, they figure it out. They go to something different. They're not just stalling for two quarters or three quarters and then winning by a field goal um, or, you know, some, or the defense isn't coming up with a, with a score. They have pretty aggressive uh, trick plays. And um, I, I just think they're just, they just play with it. When you watch them, they seem much more confident and much more comfortable. Trent, who stood out? Obviously, uh, Zach Moss, 211 yards, three touchdowns comes to mind. Does that impressed you most? Yeah, I mean, I think the most impressive thing was Tyler Huntley didn't have a great game, and they didn't need him to. In the previous three wins, he had had great games, but they didn't need him to at all, and they stuck with Zach Moss, and he had the great game and played well, and it just showed that they're they're versatile now, and they they know how to win. And uh, Amy, you alluded to it, obviously, uh, some drug plays are working in that. Special teams is coming through, offense, defense. How long do you guys think they can keep all three of these th- things going, and do they need to have all three things going to win the last three games. I think I understand the question. <laughs> a lot of tongue-tying with the, uh, the word three was getting to me. Yeah. So I think the defense is always something that they've been able to count on. And even when in the games they lost, um, I think their defense, the defense has been uh, – you know, one of the best in the country, uh, hands down. So that that's what you build off, off of. And if special teams can be as reliable as it's been in the past, then you really only have to worry about or wonder about can they continue with their offensive um you know, energy. And I think as long as Zach Moss, I think it's two guys, it's Zach Moss and Britton Covey. They stay healthy. They have that versatility you're talking about. And as I said a few podcasts ago, I think five podcasts ago, uh, what it's a ground game. They got to have a ground game, whether that's Tyler Huntley leading the rushing or some combination of uh, the running backs led by Moss. That has to happen. Yeah. And then, you know, defense is uh been something that's obviously kicking into high gear as well, and that kind of begins in the middle, actually, you know, with the uh, with the linebackers. Trent, what do you think? I, I had a chance to talk to Sharif Shaw at practice yesterday, and he mentioned how Chase Hansen and Cody Barton were kind of the catalyst for this thing because they help the cornerbacks, uh, they communicate. He said they're able to do things they haven't been able to do for the last couple of years just because of the skill set of these guys and the fact that they're so athletic and they're so smart about the game. And then it obviously a lot of it begins up front too when you get that pressure on the quarterback. It all kind of works in harmony. What are you seeing from the defense? Do you think they're clicking in all three I mean, layers? for sure. I think it's really interesting. Obviously, fall camp was a long time ago, but people were doubting the linebackers at Utah. They were doubting that they could stay on the field. They were doubting that they could play well. I think they've clearly proved everybody wrong because Chase Hansen and Cody Barton are as good a linebacker duo as there is in the country. And I never understood that doubt because I think Cody has proven himself to be, um, you know, above average, right? Yeah. So maybe as I remember when he was a freshman or sophomore, somebody saying, you know, he's not going to get on the field much. There's not going to be – they're going to recruit better and better athletes and he just can't keep up. And he's a self-made player, which is what I love about him. Chase, on the other hand, super talented, very athletic. And I think everybody always expected something awesome from him he just couldn't stay healthy so I I did see I heard some of those doubts but I always wondered about it and we I think I had those doubts about Francis Bernard and and he's actually been a nice addition I think that's the reason I think there was some doubt in there I think a lot of people especially BYU fans are more familiar Mm -hmm. with this game thought that he'd step in and play right away at Utah he struggled to get on the field I I actually didn't think that but I I he's actually exceeded my expectations was he out four tackles and one interception on the season and more than midway through this thing so you know I think Francis Bernard will have a bigger impact next season yeah for sure but he's a good insurance policy to have this season mm-hmm. but as long as uh, Hanson and Barton are doing what they're doing but really you could almost pick any look at Marquise Blair Javelin Guidry I mean you could pick 
Max Dupai, everybody. You you could pick Bradley and I, and you'd say, right. that's the heart of the defense. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could say, that's why I think the defense is what you're always going to feel comfortable with. I mean, I saw, I saw a stat a couple of days ago. Javelin Guidry is the top-rated nickelback in the country. Not surprising at all. So, no, And when you meet him, you think, no way. I mean, he's a track star. Yeah. You know? What are you, a valley girl now? No way. No way. Gag me with a spoon. That's what I should have dressed up as. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of gagging with spoons, let's talk about the, the Pac-12 this past weekend. It was crazy. It was crazy. Score Saturday. Trent, what did you think? I mean, nobody could have predicted that. I saw that if you had bet $100 on all of the upsets happening, you would have made over hundred grand. That's how unlikely it was. And not the candy bar. Not not the candy bar. <laughs> I mean, it would have been apropos for Halloween. but <laughs> Not as good as uh, bottle caps. But I think... Um, that's what I love about college football. Don't you think this happens every year, every season we've had this weekend, right? Where there's like these key upsets in one conference or maybe in a couple conferences. And I think it's it just makes, it's what I love and I think what a lot of people love about college football is these are, for the most part, teenage to early 20s athletes still trying to figure themselves out and anything can happen. Well, how were things at home when the old Buckeyes got beat? I bet it wasn't a yeah. fun day at home. Uh, he, he takes the losses in stride, yeah. So, I mean, he's not, now, if it was a loss to Michigan, we'd have a that's different, a whole different. Story. I would probably that hasn't to, happened for a while. So that, yeah, that's like most of our marriage. It hasn't happened. <laughs> well, you know, there were some of those. You know, talk about upsets. You know, make college football great, but the Pac-12 almost every single game Saturday was an upset. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like it wasn't one or two. It was like almost everything. It was every single one was the underdog that won, and yeah. it opens the door up for the Utes. But so I also think. Fan, do you think that also maybe gives some credence to? people like my husband who argue the Pac-12 is just not that tough. Yeah, well, you know, they always like to say they cannibalize on each other, mm-hmm. and they certainly did that over the weekend. Um, but I mean, does that does that mean, I mean, if there's parody, I always make this argument, parody is more fun to watch. It's more fun um, as a, as I think, as a coach to coach in. But when you're talking about, you know, nobody wants to see Alabama win a national championship every single year. But you can't argue about they built a dominant program, and they do it in a conference that's, they go out, their conference goes out and beats other teams. Right. You know, um, I just wonder about that. But then you also see, I, I look, like in the postseason, I don't know what, I didn't look up what the postseason record was last year, but it was not great. It was bad. Yeah. So I just remember. Utah was the only. Utah was the Utah only, was the one only, only that team won. that won. So what does that say about the conference? And Utah's the only team that hasn't won a Pac-12 South championship. Well, and right? now they seem to be on the verge of getting there, and they've been this down this road before. But how good is this Utah football team, Trent? Is this the best Utah football team since they joined the Pac-12? I think that is inarguable. They're scoring more points than any Pac-12 Utah football team has done. They actually seem like they're the favorite that you could argue in the conference. I know Washington State is ranked ahead of them, but you can argue Utah's the favorite in the conference. I don't think that has ever been in the case in the previous years they've been in the conference. Amy, what do you think? Do you think uh, they overcame those two losses to mm-hmm. the Washington schools. How have they caught fire the last couple of weeks? Um, I, you know, I've heard a lot of, uh, what do you call it, uh, conspiracy theories, you know, but for football, about why. Have they simplified their offense? Are they doing something different? I see they did what all of us talked about them doing, which is they, they went much more heavily to the ground game and established the run. And when they do that, and as always, and I think most teams are this way, but definitely Utah, um, it just gives them confidence. There's just not that desperation um, that they have had when they, when they don't 
don't have a lot of rushing yards into the second midway through second quarter. So that to me, that's it's returning to what you're good at and doing and 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 staying true to the basics, to the fundamentals, and then moving forward. I don't know. I love when people say you can't argue about something because it makes me want to argue about it. Feel free. So, but I I think talent wise, you that is probably like I think the coaches would agree with you. This is the most talented team they've had they've had in the Pac-12. I don't think this has necessarily been the best opportunity for them. I think they've squandered a couple of really great opportunities since they've been in the Pac-12 to win a Pac-12 South or to play in the Pac-12 championship. You know, I always uh, find it interesting when people say it's the best team in that. Shouldn't they be better every year, technically speaking? They should, but that's asking a lot because certain players don't achieve, certain players leave. I mean, that's just asking a lot. But also football is one where injury is always an issue. So you, you you have guys you're counting on and then, you know, your key guy gets hurt. Maybe it's your key emotional guy. Maybe it's your key talent guy. But they get hurt. And so then your season changes. So, I mean, you can't always say every year you should get better because yeah. every year is some combination of chemistry, talent, leadership, and and not getting hurt at the wrong time. And one thing that I think fans love to ignore is other teams yeah. can play well. Other teams can be good. Your team can be great and still lose to another team because they just are great. And fans struggle with that idea. But I think it's just it's hard to expect a team to always get better because of that. Yeah. Well, and I think you can expect that they're still recruiting on paper really good athletes. But, I, you know, one thing that I thought was interesting that I hadn't thought about, uh, and I, I hate the star rankings, I hate the recruiting rankings. But so you have Utah who doesn't get a lot of those four or five star recruits. Right. But they seem to do something that I think Mike Leach does. Right. They develop players and they develop guys who either walk on or only had one or two offers. You know, you've seen it at SU and Weber and Utah State where they take really good athletes who are just absolutely dedicated and committed to doing what coaches ask of them. And they turn themselves into just the complete player. I think Cody Barton is an awesome example of this. Right. Didn't have a lot of offers. They've turned him into a guy who probably could play at the next level now. And I think if you asked two years ago, almost every media person would say he won't play in the NFL. Now everybody's going to say he has a shot. Well, guys, we have a special guest coming in a little later, Stevenson Sylvester. And Sly. I want to compare this. <laughs> let's compare this Utah team to that Sugar Bowl team in 08 because that's mm. probably arguably the best team Kyle Whittingham has had as, and obviously as far as record and accomplishments and that. Does this team compare with that team even though Utah does have two losses already? I know people love the Sugar Bowl win. They love the upset over Alabama and I think it's, yeah. it's easily argued that the top, the top end talent was similar, but I mean, no. Kyle Whittingham talks about it all the time, but it's the depth on this team that makes the, it different. This team is better. I mean, on paper, this team is better. They have more talent. They have, they just do. They have more horses. And, and I think they have, that's what I think made the Sugar Bowl win so amazing was that they just dismantled Alabama. They just owned them in every way. And they looked like a team that had this kind of talent and depth on the roster. And they didn't. And they did it with guys, like I said, that they developed, that they groomed, that they got, they convinced them to buy into a system. All right. Well, let's jump back a little bit now for the first time ever, obviously. The Rose Bowl's in play. First time ever? Not first time ever. Well, I mean, they could conceivably... Oh, how easily you forget all of our heartbreaks. Well, back back when they went to the Sugar Bowl, the Rose Bowl wasn't an option. The Rose Bowl's an option now. That's true. That's what I'm trying to say. The first time there's some cards on the table that have never been there before. 
Pac-12 South title. They shared one with USC a few years ago, but they lost the tiebreaker because they had to head. So an outright division championship, a trip to the Sugar Bowl. Do you think it's hard for these guys not to look ahead? Because they're right on the cusp of accomplishing all these things. And, you know, Coach Witt, the only team we're worried about is Arizona State. Yeah. That's all have, we think That's about. what I was just going to say. Oh, it's probably hard for us because we don't have to spend every day with Sharif Shaw and Morgan Scally <laughs> and Guy Holiday. And if I had those guys breathing down my neck, I would not be thinking about anything but the next hour of my life. They probably don't get even get the opportunity to see any of the other teams except for the one that they're playing. So they don't even have the opportunity to think, hey, maybe we can beat these teams. Yeah. yeah. My guess is no one dressed up for Halloween. <laughs> and they're not no talking about roses even, right now. Nobody's eating bottle There's caps. no candy. <laughs> don't bring any roses up there right now. Going into the season, I had a chance to go to the Pac-12 Media Day, and, that, and I actually picked the Utes to win the South. Thought they'd Homer. Do, 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 <laughs> Homer. Either that or he just knew. I just knew. But he felt good. Let me ask you two. Have, have the Utes exceeded expectations to this point, in your opinion? Yeah. I think the way they've played the last four games, it's been at a different level that Utah has not reached in the past. They, they would win games before, but they were always really close games, and they'd lose games that were close games. And yeah, yeah they lost to the Washington schools, but since then they've been a team that nobody else in the Pac-12 can touch. So I have to evaluate this with two different perspectives. So the perspective perspective I had at the beginning of the year was this team that's playing now. But once they lost the back-to-back games, I thought this they've gone in the tank. Somehow something's wrong. They're not. Maybe Zach Moss is hurt worse than we know. I didn't know what the deal was, but I thought whatever I, my expectation was in the preseason and in those first two games, I thought, well, they, they're not the team. They don't have what we thought they had, right? So preseason in, at camp, I thought this is how they would be playing. This is the kind of season they could enjoy. I would have picked as well, same as you. But I definitely lost faith after that second loss. I was like, clearly Zach Ma- I, my suspicion was Zach was hurt or there was some coaching issues. I just thought maybe Gary Anderson coming in caused some, you know, fracture in this coaching set. I didn't know. But, you know, you speculate in all these ways. That's what happens when, and that's why when the wheels come off, it's so hard to get them back on because everybody's talking all this stuff that is not positive, is not good, it's not helpful. And then you got to try to regroup and actually go out and beat some, I don't know what Stanford was, I can't remember what they were ranked, but they were ranked, and they at their place. Speaking of keeping the wheels on in that trend, you had an opportunity to do a story on pregame rituals. Can you take us in a little bit about that? I did. This was a this was a fun story to write. It's fun to talk to the guys about not as much football-related things. You can see just, like, the weight lift off their shoulders when you go and you're like, this is not going to be about football, and yeah. they just smile, and they're like, I can talk to you now. That's well, because they're not worried about giving away a state secret. Yeah, and so it was It was just really fun. I got to – turns out that the defensive backs are the party boys, the fun, the excitement on the team. But you knew that. You knew that beforehand, but they definitely – Definitely emphasize that fact. I know that uh, Josh Nurse, a lot of people don't know him. He doesn't play a lot, but he is the heart and soul of the team, essentially. Just keeps everybody light and just happy. Loves to dance. Loves to get people having fun. What was really funny to me was they all have pregame things that they do every week, and yet none of them think that they're traditions or rituals. And then they talk about them, and then they figure it out. When I was talking to Julian Blackman, he was telling me the things that he does. Like, he always listens to the same song before the game. He always leads a dance circle with the DBs. And after about five minutes, he's like, yeah, those are Probably pregame rituals, which I thought was pretty entertaining. That's yeah. good. Did you guys, I mean, did you guys, so pregame game rituals go into, for me, I, I read your story and I, th- again, I did think it was really entertaining and that is on our website, DesertNews.com, if anyone wants to read it. Um, but um, I thought 
what did I have? Because it made me think about my own sort of how you get yourself mentally ready or whatever. And I've loved talking to people about superstitions. You know, do you wear the same socks once you start winning? And I don't know if you guys remember, but um, uh, Carrie Whittingham once wore the same pair of shorts every championship game that Tim Few played. Uh, and then he, after they lost a championship, he quit wearing did them. Did they lose too? I, I think, you know, it was a school. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Not a good program, I remember. A couple of former Leopards. No, I'm kidding. One that probably lost in the first round of this playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Now PG needed it. So anyway, but yeah, but I think I love those little things because um, there it's a mental edge. It's a little bit of insight into how you talk yourself into going out and giving your best effort every single day. It's all about fun, isn't it? Well, that's for me. You know me. They love to have fun. Dirk and I have pregame rituals. Exactly. Our our (laughs) pregame rituals are to put out jelly beans that taste like um, those. What are they? uh, Birdie bots? uh, Like Uh, far. Keep it on the low down. Just. Yeah. We, we put still them out. want some victims. We put them out to share with our colleagues, and then we sit in the corner and laugh when they gag. <laughs> happens when you get in your 50s, right? Entertainment is cheap. Speaking yeah. of good entertainment values, how about the Salt Lake Stallions? I can't wait. To town? Yeah, yeah. No more off-season. No, no more off-season. Football at Rice Circle Stadium in February. Season tickets as low as $75. Dennis Erickson, who... Oh, one of my all-time favorite coaches is going to be coaching there, and I have already uh, asked them for some good story ideas so great great coach great human being too he's a good guy and he helped the Utes I'd like to think he helped him get to the level they're at right now too and obviously recruiting wise you yeah. know, Zach Moss and mm-hmm. Tyler Huntley and uh, Demar well, if you ask the running backs he's he knows his stuff he does so just a reminder if you want season tickets to the Stallions you can go to their website saltlakestallions.com or call 1-833-AAF-2019 Real football. There you go. <laughs> go Stallions. The Utes uh, obviously have a big test at Arizona State this Saturday. An afternoon game in Tempe. Who would have ever guessed it? But uh, you know, I had a chance to uh, catch up with Kyle Whittingham and talk to him about Herm Edwards, who's in his first year as a head coach of the Sun Devils, about whether he was surprised or not that uh, Herm Edwards decided to Leave the cozy ESPN broadcast booth and uh, and coach college football, and he's doing a great job. And here's what Kyle had to say. Did you have any reaction when Herm Edwards got hired? Like that's interesting, or any word like that? No. I, well, it was interesting because I wasn't sure that he wanted to coach again. You know, but he's a you know he's a heck of a football coach, and I got to know him over the last four or five years at Under Armour functions and so forth. And so, uh, great guy, smart guy, charismatic. I mean, he's he's a uh, he's a big personality, and. Uh, you know, it was it was uh, surprising, but not like what are they doing? It was you know, it was a I thought, hey, you know, good hire. Well, that's interesting what Coach Witt had to say about that. Uh, obviously, he and Irm Edwards go back a few years, and uh, should be a great head-to-head coaching matchup. You know, the Sun Devils have only. They've lost four games this year, but none of them have been by more than a touchdown, Trent. They're obviously, they've been in every game they played this year, and a lot of people thought they were going to be in the cellar this year. Yeah, I mean, I think it just goes to show that Herm Edwards is a lot better of a coach than people thought, and he's just got that team prepared against every team they've played. And they beat USC at USC, which is the first time that's happened in three seasons, I believe. So they yeah, clearly... I think they'd won 19 in a row. Yeah, home, so, so they clearly are a good team. So that'd be a big challenge for the Utes. Uh, uh, Solomon Enos, uh, freshman wide receiver, from the Phoenix area. He grew up uh, watching Arizona State, and the Sun Devils recruited him very heavily. And I had a chance to talk to him about uh, the opportunity to go home and play in front of family and friends, and here's what he had to say. I'm, I'm very excited. You know, I came, yes, sir, I mean, I came to Utah because it was close to home. That's one of another reasons. 
Uh, so my family's for sure going to be there. You know, and to be in the stadium that I used to watch games at and now actually playing is going to be fun. Well, Solomon's excited to get back there. You know, Sun Devil Stadium's an interesting place. I talked to Coach Witt. It's obviously where Utah won the Fiesta Bowl yeah. back in the day. So the stadium holds special memories. But it's also been a very tough place for the Utes to, to get a victory, even though they won their last time there. Before then, it was all the way back to 1976. So, you know, they have not played well in Tempe, at least against the Sun Devils traditionally over the years. Why do you think that is, Trent? Do you think that Arizona State just gets uh, an athletic type of player that Utah has a tough time defending, or is it more to that? I mean, if you're to believe Coach Whittingham, it's yeah, it's that. It's they, they recruit talented players, and I think it's it's pretty easy to see that over the years. ASU's had a lot of really talented players. They never seem to put it all together, but right. they always seem to have really good players. And that and you know, and it's always a physical game, and yeah. and the score is always surprising. They don't. You know, they've had some close games over the years, but you know, nothing surprising should surprise anybody it could be a blowout it could be a tight one but what do you think as far as uh what utah needs to do is it all start with zach moss does he need to be able to get to establish the ground game and that'll open everything else up that old cliche do you buy that for this game yeah i mean asu's defense has been solid i don't think they're as highly ranked as they appear to be when you watch them but they've been solid and so i think utah has to establish that run game and just get comfortable again all right it's time for our pac-12 south pick ums each week we go head to head or side to side or <laughs> here and there trying to pick the winner just a reminder this segment sponsored by deseret news grid picks get on our website deseretnews.com and pick the winners pick the losers Pick, pick, pick. Here we go. We've got Sly joining us for this segment. Let's start off with Friday night's game, Colorado at Arizona. I'm taking the Wildcats. They showed something against Oregon last week. What it was, I don't know, but they showed it, so I'm going to take the Wildcats. Trent? Uh, both of these teams are so confusing. I'm going to go with Colorado because the Pac-12 is ridiculous. Amy? Well, I'm going to go back to Colorado because I drank that Kool-Aid at the beginning of the season. I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, Buffalo Kool-Aid. We go the best for last. Sly, who do you like for this game? <laughs> oh, this is just a horrible game all the way around. <laughs> no, um, I, this is definitely a tough decision of uh, the battle of the bads, but um, I don't know too much about Colorado yet. I mean, they have been my kind of wild card coming into this whole thing. I don't – like, they started off great, but, you know, they weren't playing great people, and then they finally got into Pac-12 play where good competition is, and they just sucked. So um, I don't know. I, I'll take Colorado because I really like that quarterback and, and their receiver. I think they can do something. But, uh, you know, Arizona has had a really tough schedule at playing people. So you never know what's going to come. But I'll put money on Colorado. I'll be with Amy on this one. The Buffs have better Good uniforms, if nothing else. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. UCLA at Oregon. Um, I think UCLA is pretty bad. So I'm going to take the Ducks, I think. But really? the Ducks looked pretty bad in Tucson last week. So tough one to figure, but I got to think Oregon might get on track uh, at least uh, before they come to Salt Lake City. Yeah, I got to go with Oregon at home. I just think being at home will calm them down after whatever abysmal performance they had. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote with my heart here and say I hope Oregon wins because I think that helps Utah if Oregon wins. Uh, well, that is great. <laughs> That's a great look at it. Um, I'll go with Oregon, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think don't it's going to be a good game. I think Chip Kelly is going to put a really good game plan together. Um, UCLA, um, I say it was a blowout for Utah against UCLA just right. because of the matchup. But um, I, I think UC, uh, UCLA is actually coming on to something. They're figuring themselves out. They cause a lot of turnovers, and I think causing a lot of turnovers will do some damage to Oregon. You know, at home, I still think they have the advantage. But I don't think it'll be a blowout um, because UCLA did really good against Washington, right. and Oregon barely beat Washington. 
Washington. So um, I think it'll be a close game, but I give the edge to Oregon. So you played this game, obviously. The rest of us have played uh, Tiddly Winks. But uh, <laughs> the Chip Kelly factor, going back to Eugene, is that is that going to weigh on the team? Is that going to make it a very emotional um, game? And is it going to be more emotional for UCLA? Or has he been away from Oregon for so long? Maybe the fans will get into it, but the Ducks won't necessarily. I think uh, the media will play it up a little bit, but I don't think it'll be a huge factor like that. He had really good success while he was at Oregon um, for those few years. But, um, you know, I think he has been away enough and they've had success without him there. And I think Oregon is definitely going to be wanting to make sure that they're past the Kelly area. So, um, you know, uh, I think Chip Kelly would like to be back in that stadium. It's going to feel good for him, but UCLA doesn't care, and um, I don't think it's going to be a huge factor. Big victory. All right. USC at Oregon State, uh, that's another <laughs> one. It's like... I'm glad it I don't have a ticket be, to that game. It shouldn't be, but I'm glad be. that we don't have to cover that one in person. I'm going to take the Trojans, though. I think they're playing for Clay Hilton's job now. I mean, do we know who's starting at quarterback for USC? I know last week it was their third-string guy, and that did not help them win. Yeah, the former – was it Jack Sears? Yeah. Former Utah recruit. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to be out there, but, you know, I think there's a sense of desperation there right now, and they made a little few coaching changes as far as play calling and that, but I think uh, USC's really got their backs to the wall, and if they lose to the Beavers. Uh, goodbye, Clay, I think. Yeah, I think USC's got to win this game. Otherwise, Bronco Mendenhall might be going west. <laughs> really? That's the rumor. <laughs> That's the rumor? Are you starting that rumor right now? No, I didn't start it. Uh, well, I'm going with USC. I think USC has too much talent, and uh, and they have shown signs of being able to get it together. So I would probably pick them at, against most of the team, the bottom teams in the in the South. Uh, so I'm going to go with USC. All right, Sly, you're up. I am going to go Oregon State. Ooh, really? Okay. They had an emotional game last week in Colorado going into overtime. Um, some of their passes were kind of bad, but I think uh, winning those tight games brings a lot of emotion to a team and rolling into next week, and USC has just been beat up, you know, especially since playing us. We took out two quarterbacks, so yes. But um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to take Oregon State uh, this week in a surprise. Um, I think it's going to be great. It's at Oregon State, so they get Research Stadium, and uh, nobody's played. You guys haven't played there, but that stadium is crazy. Like, it was Rojo's first game uh, as a youth, our sophomore year. Right. And he just remembers he was getting heckled by those fans. So he'll tell you to this day that that was one of his funniest, worst type games because of the crowd. But I think the emotions and them having such a great week and great overtime win last week against Colorado that um, I think uh, they're going to overcome and beat USC. Because they match up well against USC. You look in the past, the 15 years, even the Reggie Bush era, Oregon State's the team to beat USC. Right. And football, sports in general, is all about matchups. This is why I I take it week by week, matchups by matchups, who's playing, who's not, and I got Oregon State this week. Awesome. All right, let's go to the big one, at least as far as this area is concerned. Utah at Arizona State. Nothing would surprise me. There's been some crazy scores in this series over the years, and you just never know who's going to show Dirk's up. Going with, Dirk's going with it. No, but. I don't think he will. <laughs> but, 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 but. The Utes have everything to play for right now. And the bottom line is I think they're just a better team. Yeah. And if everything keeps clicking like it has, and even if you don't get all three phases, two of the three should be enough to get it done down there. But, you know, the Sun Devils have proven they've been a tough out this year. You know, their biggest loss, like we said earlier, was by seven points this year, four games by seven points. They're in every game, so a blowout's unlikely. But in this series, anything's possible. Trent? It's tough. I mean, I'm going to go with Utah, and I think they win by two touchdowns. But I think it's close 
into the fourth quarter and they score a late touchdown to pull away. And I predict that touchdown will be a defensive touchdown. Well, so, look at yeah. you. By Chase Hansen. Look at you. No, I, I predicted, predicted that in a different game. But no, I, I do think, I just think they have a defensive touchdown. I mean, they've been close and they've had a couple of great picks and they, ha- they have had some. But I, I think that uh, Utah, I, I totally agree with you. They're a much better team. I think the nervousness comes from their history. Let's go to the expert now. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, Utah has the edge. I, I'm not biased at all with that. <laughs> but, um, it, you know, after being a facility, you know, the team is really taking this serious. As you said, Dirk, they are focused. I mean, that Pac-12 championship's right in our grasp. You know, it's ours to lose right now. Um, so we are focused after missing it the past five years of being in that position to go to the Rose Bowl. I think that is definitely in our sights. And the new AD, Mark Harlan, Harlan is he's definitely adamant about that being the number one goal, is getting to this Rose Bowl. And so, um, you know, this is just one step. I did an interview about three, four weeks ago, and I said uh, Arizona State is even was kind of my worry over Oregon, you know, um, in the future. I agree with you. Um, But, man, it's going to be 80-degree weather. We're going to be dressed in all white. I, that plays a factor. Don't let nobody tell you. Um, if you look good, you play good. You were white in the Superdome, if I remember right. Didn't you? Yep, yep, yep. But, um, you know, I, I do think this is going to be a really good matchup. You know, uh, Arizona State has just been really inconsistent this year. You know, they play good against some teams, and then other teams they haven't. Um, so uh, we don't know what team is going to show up for them. Um, but I do think uh, Utah has the edge. And we're just rolling right now. What, the last four, five games we've score 40 points like yes thank you this is what we've needed for 20 plus years ever since the fiesta bowl <laughs> um but this is just uh this is our time and i i think we're gonna handle them very well um just because we're so locked in as a team right now and i say we're we're still win by 17 plus points all right well appreciate it, guys amy uh, yeah i just wonder i wanted you've been working on a special project there's a chance for fans to go up and see some of the past stars play why don't you tell us about that yes 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 so my nonprofit foundation uh is kicking up the holiday season so it's going to be awesome i'm glad we get to do this on halloween right before but um i am doing a turkey bowl a huge turkey bowl and what we're doing is we're getting all the universities together and um getting their alumni so some of your past favorite players uh, are going to do a seven-on-seven seven, uh, Turkey Bowl tournament. We'll host it at Rice Echo Stadium. Everything's all finalized now. So all we need is you guys. And if the community wants to put together their own teams, go to our website at athletestrong.org. Register your teams. It's uh, $200 a team, um, 10 persons per team, so $20 a person pretty much. Um, you know, it's a family fun event. Bring your uh, bring your family. We'll have Dallin Rogers, who's uh, my partner in Athlete Strong. He's putting together this immaculate kid zone so uh, we'll have food trucks kid zones tons of raffles um, it's just going to be a, a fun environment from 9 a.m. to 12 on uh, November 17th and it's going to be uh, it's going to be awesome I think uh, everybody will really enjoy it and um, it's it's all these proceeds will go to funding our winter service events our shop with Sly our burrito project and our um, warm the homeless events hey, who are some of the players that are going to be there Ooh, you want to know yeah, let's, let's um, load this roster up. <laughs> well, from uh, Utah State, I've been putting together uh, a couple of the players. I don't know them entirely, but uh, I know JoJo Sawyer. We're trying to get Chucky Keaton and uh, just some of the other players that are still around. 
Uh, Weber stays the same. Uh, Utah, right now I got Rojo, uh, Reggie Dunn, me, Matt Martinez. Uh, Jordan Wynn's going to be our quarterback. With uh, We'll have Justin Taplin Ross be our other safety. Um, i got to do a couple more recruiting. I've been finalizing the other That's details. a pretty good lineup <laughs> but, so far. Um, yeah. You know, there's still a lot of guys in the Valley, so it's going to be nice. We'll probably have Derek Richards come out and be our other receiver. Um, we got a lot. In the, I got uh, David Nixon, who I do the news with on right. KSL. He's putting together a BYU team. So he's You'll got. smoke uh, them, that one. <laughs> no question, no competition. No competition. <laughs> no. Um, so it's going to be fun. So um, yeah, we'll have six community teams. You know, uh, you guys get to com- uh, compete against some of your old time favorite um, university players. And uh, it's going to be real fun. We'll have a DJ. Music's going to be blasting. Just a really all in all fun event. Well, appreciate it. And just before we continue, I just wanted to let you know, let everyone know that your charitable works in this community are outstanding and you should be commended <laughs> for that. And I know you don't do it for that, but you do a great job. Thank you, Derek. I appreciate it. You know, it's uh, it's fun for me. You know, a lot of people think of it as like a, a task, but, you know, it's definitely something to uh, kind of change up what I do on the, on the normal. And I love doing it and it's very easy. Uh, just getting people involved and giving back. Now, the skinny guy that uh, was holding the ball like a loaf of bread <laughs> at Utah State back in the day. Were you the one who said that? Look, you t- I think your coach said it a oh, few yeah. times. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's turned out great. And, and seriously, thank you for all you do for the community. It's appreciated. Thank you. Trent and Amy, you know what time it is? What time is it? What time is it? A little delay on Amy's part. <laughs> It's time for a Utah by Five segment this week. Amy, catch us up with Sly. I'm Tom Barberi, and it's time for Utah by Five, where we catch up with the people who built the program we love. Okay, Sly. So, how the heck are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. So, first introduce yourself to people who don't are not familiar with you. Well, my name is Stevenson Sylvester. I uh, played linebacker here in 2006 to 2009. Had four straight bowl games, and then it got drafted to the Pittsburgh Steelers for four years. And then uh, went to the Buffalo Bills my last year before tearing my knee. Mm-hmm. Now I'm back here in Salt Lake City. Just, yeah, you have a house here, right? You've I do. taken up residency here in the Beehive State. I have bought my house here. I love it here. I love the community and uh, try to take advantage of being here in Salt Lake. Yeah. And so uh, what have you been doing? Uh, we know about your charitable works, which we're, we will get to. Um, but what do you what have you been doing? Uh, are you done with football now for, for good? Yeah, I'm done with football. I, I mean, it would have been nice a couple of years ago if this, this league had got started up. Then I, yeah. I could have been a Salt Lake Stallion. But I'm done with football now. I'm focused on uh, entrepreneurship and uh, community service work with my nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. And and um, just, um, well, anybody knows if you're creating a startup, it takes a lot of time and energy. And um, I'm doing a lot of that on my own and uh, outsourcing a lot of work and um, trying to find help everywhere I can get. It. So so you started you started the shop with Sly, kind of just you doing it yourself, right? You just grabbed a couple of your friends and you contacted organizations and then you went shopping for ki- underprivileged kids, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's mushroomed into this much bigger thing. You did the burrito project. I mean, you've brought in a bunch of stuff, but it became... Athletes Strong, where you were involved with some of the other athletes. Uh, when did it get bigger? Yeah, so I, I started Shop with Sly. Shop with Sly is I take 10 to 15 kids shopping for the holidays. I partner with uh, a Title I uh, organization, uh, kids who are underprivileged and won't really have a big Christmas. I started it while I was in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I get a couple former teammates of mine, and we get together, and we just really just partner them with kids and take them around the store and go on a shopping spree. I give each kid $100 
dollars, and um, it's it's remarkable it's to see. It's a blast, what, and I've covered it a few times. That's actually how I met you. <laughs> but so, when did it become Athlete Strong and kind of expand all these other um, you know community projects? Yeah. So three years ago, um, Dallin and, and and Matt, you know, former yeah. teammates of mine at Utah, they see what I've done the last. Dallin you know, Rogers, Matt Martinez. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. They see what I've been doing the last couple of years, and you know, they have their own organizations, and so they're like, let's collaborate. You know, we're all former teammates. We all love giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. How can we do this together and make this efficient? And so uh, we created Athlete Strong, had a really great first year, um, winter week of service, and it just ballooned into something great. The community really responded mm-hmm. and really found use for our, our nonprofit. So we yeah. just started doing things during the year. And, of course, the winter week of service is our main gig. So yeah. starting to kick that back up here soon. So we encourage everybody to go to athletestrong.com and check it out. and dot find, org. Fi- or dot org and yeah. find ways to support. Um, I want to know, what's your favorite memory of playing? Of, playing? of, your, of your college football days? Uh, there's there's really so many. You mm-hmm. know, I can take uh, favorite moments from us arguing on the field to us having barbecues over the summer. It's just the camaraderie of football and what it does to your personality and your character is is just tremendous. So there's a, just so many things that I take with me today mm-hmm. that I remember of developing that um, back in in college. And so um, my favorite memories is just really everything. You know, my yeah. senior year was crazy. I took yeah. 54 units of classes just so I can graduate early so I didn't have to take it after I got done playing football in the NFL. And um, so I was stressed out with school school and and captain of the football team and so senior year was crazy I remember all that and then of course the undefeated year was insane and then my freshman year I got to play with the NFL great Eric Weddle and have a great D lineman Paul Soliai in front of me so um, there's plenty of memories um, over the years. Is there a lesson that you've learned from football that you don't think you could have learned from another sport? Um, Definitely diligence and and how much hard work really pays off and and Mm -hmm. if you really believe in something it'll happen Mm -hmm. so just and that goes back to my process from high school is you know I really didn't have the much belief in myself but you know I I went out there and I played the game of football basketball best of my abilities Mm -hmm. and you know the best came out you know Utah saw me got on their radar I got a scholarship next you know I'm starting in the Rose Bowl my my freshman my first freshman game yeah um, which is a dream come true to a sports kid Um, and then you know, I, it developed, it got an undefeated season, become captain of that team, graduate college early, um, get to the NFL, which is another childhood dream. Um, you know, play with some of the most remarkable players that you look up to and yeah. um, embrace. Uh, and, and so diligence, hard work, um, and really believing in yourself can take you so far. And so never doubt yourself. If you really believe in it, go get it and um, and really watch everything come to fruition. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's always awesome to catch up with you. And uh, I look forward to writing about some of these things you're going to be working on. Yeah, let's do it. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Just a reminder, you can catch our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, DeseretNews.com. You want to send us a question? We have an email address. It's UdInsiders at DeseretNews.com. Feel free to send us your questions. We'll try to answer them. If we don't like them, we won't. If we do, we will. Pretty simple that way. And just a reminder to get your season tickets to the Salt Lake Stallions. They begin play up in February up at Rice Eccles Stadium. Dennis Erickson, former Utah assistant coach, is the head coach of the Stallions. You can get season tickets for as low as $75 by calling 1-833-AAF-2019 or go to saltlakestallions.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.